Becca and welcome to the Medical Device Marketing Podcast. I'm joined today by Oscar and we're going to be speaking about video versus animation. So welcome Oscar. Thanks Becca, thanks for having me. Um, all right, so I guess, yeah, before we get started, let's just to clarify, you know, in, your, in, your, in these definitions, what do we mean here by the difference between live footage and animation? Yeah, I think it's a really good point because live footage, people could be thinking we mean recording something, playing it out live, and that's not what we mean in this situation. We're talking about real people in footage. So things like your patient testimonials or live surgery footage or corporate videos when we go and, you know, film in your offices, um, anything like that using real people. It can be footage that you captured yourself or it can be stock footage. Um, and then by animation, we're talking like 2D or 3D um, animation. Okay. Um, typically, where would we see um, live footage being used in a marketing campaign? Yeah, I think live footage is video is great at the moment and people are used to seeing video now across digital platforms. It's what's performing better on social media platforms, on websites. So I think live footage video is being used in that more human context, like social platforms and websites. I've also seen them on booths as well, which I think works nicely for corporate videos because you can watch those with subtitles, but they don't work as nicely for like patient testimonials because you want to, in a loud conference booth setting, they don't work as well. But um, yeah, videos are becoming the thing in marketing and we're seeing them everywhere, uh, even, even on emails, sending them over, LinkedIn messages. They're definitely the go-to at the moment. So, you know, there are, there are definitely some advantages to live footage. Um, mm-hmm. um, what are some, some advantages that some people might not have considered or might not be aware of? I think the emotional impact is huge for live footage. And it's something that you struggle to get across in, in animation. Um, you know, especially your patient testimonials. When you have a patient looking dead straight into the camera, telling you their story... That evokes emotion in a way that, you know, animation couldn't. Um, and I think it really humanise, humanises, can I say that word, your brand and your story. Um, and especially for, you know, medical devices that are straight to the patient or, you know, things like catheters, stoma bags, things where patients are really, really using those every day. Those stories are vital. Um, and I think, you know, getting that straight to camera even in people's own homes or in their own setting, is is an emotion that you can't get from animation. And I think that's important because it, it drives engagement in your videos um, when people connect. And ultimately, that connection means that people engage with you and you get a better return on investment on that video because people are interacting with it. Would be the big, the first big one. Yeah, I think also... Yeah. Also, I think yeah, you're you're right as well. That that authenticity also leads quite nicely into the credibility piece as well. If you, if you're showing live, real people benefiting from a product, um, it can be quite um, congruent in your marketing communications to show these people actually benefiting from a product rather than a caricature of your product being used or a caricature of your patient benefiting and really does that so you know if you're a medical device company and you're one of your key things is to be credible or authentic i think you should maybe lean in or at least um 
consider using live footage when you're looking into your communications. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think as well, the credible police is really interesting because, you know, as well, I always think when you have an animation of a person, of a patient using your device, I think there's a setting for that. I think that's an education piece. But when you're doing it as a marketing piece, I always think that was there not a real patient that wanted to talk about your product, the camera? Because you just that credible lets you think like if so, if people, if patients genuinely love your product, they'll want to talk about it. They'll want people to talk to hear about it from them. So I think where for me that emotional credible element comes best from live footage and we'll get on this later and I think animation works best more for educating on how your device is used because it has that less of emotion involved in it yeah I think that's a really good point so you know those are some great benefits to live footage but there are you know there as with everything there's always some drawbacks what are some things people should be aware of when considering whether to use live footage or not Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to everything, like you said. And I think, you know, the first one is budget considerations. I think, you know, you can do live footage for a a huge range of different pricing. So I think it really depends on, you know, what you want to film, how many patients, how much B-roll. But it's something that you should definitely think about. Um, And I think you need to think about how much budget you have before doing this, because it's one of those things that when a video is filmed badly with poor budget, you can tell, like if it's filmed on your iPhone and your hand's shaking and the light's poor and sound poor, you know, that makes a, that makes a huge dent. And if you go back to wanting it to be emotional and stuff, you know, it's really hard to connect with a patient if they're moving like this the entire time during the video. For people listening, I went sure. back and forth. Uh, for people watching the video, you saw a nice little jig there. Um, but yeah, so I think it's really important that you sort of make sure that what you want out of the video aligns with your budget. So that's definitely something to consider um as well as like yeah there's production challenges as well so which kind of links to budget capturing high quality live footage requires a lot of careful planning and execution um you know you need the right equipment you really want to be filming things in 4k because that's how we as consumers are used to seeing video content um and yeah just considering all the logistics about making sure that you get the most out of it we do have a whole podcast where I think myself and Claudia talk about how to make the most out of the production of logistics, which is definitely something to check out. Um, but yeah, I think they're the two big ones. I'm not sure is there anything else I'm missing, Oscar, about sort of think about with that footage. Yeah, I think another important thing to consider with live footage is the ethics and privacy aspect. You know, given the sensitive nature of medical procedures um, and the potential exposure of patient sensitive areas or internal organs um, you really really have to prioritize you know explicit consent from individuals in their videos Uh, and if this is something you're unsure of definitely reach out to your legal team Um, this is something that you you, we cannot stress enough that you know you could film a whole day of great stuff but it just might not be usable at the end of the day because you just haven't ticked certain ethical privacy boxes so really do make sure you focus on that um, before you even go into pre-production. Um, also, you know, think, thinking about the logistics, the ethical logistics side of things like where you can and can't film, you know, in a situation, what kind of safety precautions do you need to take when going into an operating theatre um, or, you know, getting consent from patients in the background of a hospital. Um, these are all things that you really, you know, you can't let slip. 
um, by upholding these standards, you know, you can really um, make sure that people maintain trust in your organization and your brand. Um, so that's one thing where sometimes if you are looking to go um, and record a, a live footage of an operation internally, you might want to consider blending an approach and having um, anything that's internally filmed being animated, one, to stop the kind of um, potentially grotesque nature of it, but two, to just maintain that that privacy. Um, but if in doubt, yeah, do do speak to your legal team. But I think the, the whole thing in general that to, to kind of bookend the, the live footage talk is, is it's just all about compromising for me, live footage, is that you might not be able to get exactly what you want from a live footage, whereas animation, you have complete and total control of what you can and can't see on the screen. Live footage, you're going to be at the whim of weather or people walking past in the background or, um, you know, people giggling on set or phones going off, or there's so many things that you just need to be aware of and in control of. Um, sometimes your actor or your, your patient might not give the line, deliver it in the way you want the perfect line. And you can, you need to come to a compromise there. How long are you willing to take and retake and retake to get that perfect line where sometimes a good line will do. And actually if you waste all of your, your production schedule, getting something perfect, you could miss out on a whole section later on that you're going to have to cut. So it's all about these compromises. Um, you know, you're also going to have to compromise with the director of photography. You're going to have to compromise with the lighting directors. You're going to have to compromise with um, your legal team and the actors themselves. So um, I think be aware of these. And that's not necessarily to say that these are bad compromises. And sometimes these compromises do make for a better video at the end. It's just something you need to plan for in your production schedule. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think just quickly on the ethics section of it, something that you touched on there was people in the background, actually anyone in your B-roll that you have their face in, you need their consent for, you know, um, and when you plan a logistics day, when we do it at Podimos, whenever we have anyone enter B-roll, they sign a form before they even enter because, yeah, what you don't want is to have an incredible B-roll section where I don't know the patient's playing tennis or they're doing something and then you can't use any of it because you've got a person in the background that you can't blur out and you haven't got their consent so yeah it, it definitely um you know live filming days are a lot of fun and the footage that comes out of it is brilliant but you're right it requires a lot of planning not just from like a logistics what times we get there what we what we put what we've actually filming but yeah all of that those consents are really important and yeah, and, and just being, you know, I guess kind is the right word with the patient, especially when people are sharing their stories and, you know, a lot of the time giving you quite heartfelt stories, handling that situation carefully is really important because, you know, you really want them to feel special during the filming day and not feel like they're just sort of a product in your in your marketing. Um, so it's something that you should be really thinking about when you're putting these films um, filming schedules together. Like, is there a way you can make them more comfortable? Do you film at their home? Do you, you know, there's lots of things that you need to consider so that that patient or that doctor feels that they're really, um, really valued in that filming day. Because otherwise they could definitely feel like they're just sort of being churned out into a video, which is a really delicate thing to balance. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, you know, the other, the other option here then is to go down the, the animated route. So, you know, typically what are some of the benefits and why might you want to go down uh, the animated route from a video, Becca? Yeah, I love the animated route. I love both routes. But I love the animated routes for education. Um, and... And the reason that I say that is because you can really break stuff down, like, and you can really build stuff up 
animated so you know when you have a like a videography of like a how-to or even a surgery example you know that's the footage that you have you're when you open somebody up that's that's the footage whereas if you're doing an education piece you can build each layer so um and that you can only do with animation and i think it really talks to how flexible and adaptable animation is you know unlike video it give you can have any sort of starting point really and build your story um which you potentially can't do with video um so i think it means that the flexibility and where you want to go with your story is more open. You have more options. Um, you can be a bit more free with your creativity. Be a, it's a bit more unlimited because it's basically, you know, whatever you can draw and whatever you can build and render and render is, is what you can do in the animation. That obviously comes with additional costs if you go completely crazy with the animation. But, you know, the power of imagination had no, no bounds when it comes to animation. Um, and all of those things that you talked about with compromises, you know, you're still probably going to have compromises with what you can and can't say from a regulatory point of view. But in regards to being able to tweak things until they're perfect, you can definitely do that on an animation because sort of you're controlling the weather, like you said, and you're controlling the environment and you definitely have more ability with your creativity. Um, and then I think with precision as well, there's something to think about with animation. You know, we've done a lot of procedural animation videos because it means that you can very clearly show every single step very precisely. Whereas when you're in surgery, things happen that are out of your control. You know, there could be a bleeding incident, like things could happen that means that that footage that you filmed isn't the most perfect use of your product or the procedure isn't done as perfectly as you'd like. Whereas with an animation, you have full control of that. So I think that's something, and both have their place. And I definitely think procedural videos are great. But I think when you want sort of one standard perfect version of events, animation allows you to do that. Um, yeah, so I think they're the biggest advantages of animation for me anyway. Yeah, for sure. And I think you touched on some nice pieces there, like certainly the training and education, you know, it's a valuable tool for there because you can be so precise with how you're demonstrating your product um, that sometimes it's really hard to film a product being, you know, there's a reason why in like IKEA flat pack furniture, the instructions and stuff, they're all, you know, they're, they're little diagrams and animations. They're, they're not real people assembling it because real people's hands get in the way, right? Um, in animation, you can have disembodied objects moving. So, you know, it's much more clearer how something's supposed to work from an education perspective. Um, but also from like a, um, an invisibility perspective, like a lot of these mechanisms of action in a medical device are invisible or not visible to the naked eye. So, you know, you've got no option but to uh, mock up an animation of it if you want to show how your device actually works on either a cellular level or a molecular level. So, you know, there's there's some real benefits there that you just aren't certainly aren't achievable um, or at least come at a much higher cost if you're wanting to film, you know, through electron microscopes and stuff. Um, but also I think like some things that a lot of people don't realize in animation is like the accessibility. It's much, much easier to add captions and supers and change language and stuff inside an editable render than it is to add that on top of an already live piece of footage. So this makes your product suddenly so much more globalized um, because you can add different um you know you can add your localized logo for different 
um, you know, different markets on the product itself without having to edit that in um, on top of, you know, and have a, a great um, CGI expert. You've already got the ability to edit that inside animation. Um, you've already got the ability to, um, you know, add if your text is inside the animated file, you know, then you can edit that and localize it. So animation really does make products much more international. And I think it also helps when it's coming from like a, a brand consistency as well. You have total control over the colors used here. Um, you have total control over the palette, total control over the, um, you know, the, the way that your product is displayed. Whereas sometimes if you're relying on a surgeon or a patient to display your product, it's maybe not being displayed or promoted in the way you want it to be. And the lighting will affect the color schemes. So I think there are, there's some, some real additional benefits. And when you think about like the regulatory compliance as well, um, you know, some, um, you know, certain markets need um, different regulatory approvals. And it's much easier to change that from an animation perspective than it is to go back in and film um, a surgeon using something for their um, usage requirements. So these are certainly some amazing features of animations. But Becca, there's also, you know, some big downsides to animations. What, what sort of downsides should people consider um, when they're going down this route? Yeah, I think, again, budget. I know that was a downside of videography as well. But I think, you know, it's something to definitely need. To be, I don't know if downside is the right word. I think it's definitely a consideration that you have to have with animation. Um, you know, it can be more effect, cost effective than live footage in some cases. But, you know, not always. When you have a really complex animation, you can easily spend more than you would spend on live footage and I think sort of that cellular stuff that you were talking about footage um, animation that you were talking about that can easily get quite expensive because there are so much detail needed in those scenarios um, so that's definitely something to be considering and I think you know lots of different things factor the cost you know your style of animation is it 2d 2d is it 3d is it hyper realistic is it more cartoony how complex it is how many things are going on i think the mode of action is a brilliant example you know there are mode of actions that you can't see with a naked eye and animation is perfect for if you have quite a simple mode of action that and by simple i mean simple to display from a diagram perspective then it won't be that expensive. But if there are four or five different things happening all at the same one, same time with your device, that obviously increases the costs. I think, you know, um, people in your animations can make things expensive, things like because you have to animate the way they, their clothes move, you've got to animate the way their hands move. So that can also really increase the costs. So I think... Um, it's a really good idea to research and consider all different types of animations and think about what you're trying to achieve. Um, and then that allows you to know, you know, make the right decision. I think something from a positive side of budget allocation to think about is like what you were saying about changing things locally. If you made an animation six months ago and for your stapler, and your staple cartridge was blue at the time, and then you've done a relaunch, and you you know it's now purple for whatever reason. That isn't a complete redo of your animation. There is going to be some budget needed to go in, change the color, and re put it through the render farm, which will come at a cost. But that cost will be a lot less than having to refilm the whole procedure with a different stapler cartridge, 
or getting a CGI expert to color correct the cartridge. And it's actually really hard to do that in a moving film because you have to do it frame by frame. So that cost is really expensive. So I think when it comes to budget, if you think that there's going to be lots of little tweaks to this either education video or this animation in general, animation from a budget perspective actually is better because you can do smaller tweaks easier. Um, you do, you do have to re-render it every time. but So I would group those tweaks, but it's something to think about if you know that it's sort of an ever-growing project, ever-changing environment animation budget could actually work out better for you um, and also the the diversity side of things animation is fantastic for making um, products inclusive and making the patients there inclusive but that also comes at the risk of um, not being too realistic so a lot of animations you'll see um, people with you know um, non-typical skin colors like Simpsons for example um, you know, they don't need to be perfect, realistic skin colors, which does have a pro of being kind of quite universal. Um, but then again, you're losing that realism. So these are all considerations you want to make. Um, so with all that, that said, Becca, what are some, you know, good questions people could kind of consider asking themselves when they're trying to choose whether animation or video is the right path for them? Yeah, I think, um, well, I think, you know, because there's no right answer to what's the right path. I think you, there's a few different things you need to consider, which is, you know, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Um, is it education? Is it engagement? Is it, you know, is it for patients to feel like, yes, this company, this brand, they understand me. They, you know, what is it for? What is the main goal of it? And then um, once you have your goal, what's the message you're trying to get across? Um and then once you have those things, it's about being realistic. What are your limitations? What is your budget? What are your timelines? What locations do you need it in? Um, what channels is it for? Um, you mentioned earlier about sometimes surgery footage can be a bit grotesque, which, you know, for doctors is completely fine because they that's they live and breathe that every day. But if, you know, it's for patients, is that the right thing? Is it too much for a patient to be seeing live footage of something? Do they need it to be a bit softer with animations? But then again, what channel is it for? You know, is it for Instagram because or Facebook or LinkedIn? Because they have their own rules about what you can and can't show from sort of from like a blood content situation. You know, they live surgery is not always allowed on those platforms. So that's something to think about. And yeah, I think it's just the main takeaway is, you know, video and animation are both fantastic. I think the videos, both style of videography in videos is um, really growing and we're seeing so much more of it. Um, and it's just about picking the right one for your particular goal. Um, and there's definitely not a right answer. Like, you know, you can do both or you can do one or you can do, yeah, do either. I think it's important to know that there's no right answer. It's just how you use it that's important. Mm -hmm. And yeah, to, to help you kind of um, assess which one might be the right route for this particular campaign that you're making, we've put together a little checklist of questions you can ask, you can um, see at the bottom of this podcast. Um, and it's just things to help you get thinking. Uh, and it's basically, you know, planning is the key here. Understanding, you know, time limits, scheduling limits, 
um, always, 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 you know, schedule more than you need and plan more than you need um, because things will just go wrong in both animation and live footage. Um, things will just go wrong. Um, so that's why it's really, really important to work with people who have, you know, strong understanding of not just um, the, the story and the message you're trying to convey, but strong understanding of both um, footage and animation mediums and also strong understanding of, you know, the medical side of things because, you know, you will um, you'll end up wasting a lot of time and resources if you're working with animators who aren't medically trained or animators who don't understand um, what a specific mechanism action looks like. You know, the amount of times we've um, I've seen in the past, like medical animations that are just not biologically accurate. Now, I said earlier, you can take creative you know, liberties, but I think like biological accuracy is probably high up there. So, you know, that's why it's important to work with people that do have a strong understanding of the medical device field if you're going for a medical animation. Yeah, I think as well on that sort of creative liberties, it's about as well not being misleading and being in line with your IFU, which I know you mentioned earlier, being in line with regulations. And, you know, if you don't understand those IFUs or those regulations, you could easily creep into being misleading um, if you're not, you know, understanding how the device works, because, you know, that's all something that you need to take in consideration. And, you know, whoever does your animation or your video needs to know. Um, yeah, it's a really good point from a procedure. If your IFUs are set out in a certain way, you need, to, you need to follow them. So, you know, people on set need to know what your IFUs are to make sure that you're filming or animating those steps in the right order and with the right detail. For sure. Well, thanks for joining, Oscar. It's been a really interesting discussion about video and animation. Um, I think, you know, we wrapped up there at the end by saying that there's no right choice for you. It's just kind of, going through that checklist that you mentioned at the bottom of the podcast. We also have written, well, you wrote an article on this exact topic, which is available on our website, as well as a lot of other articles and blogs about, you know, how to run a videography day, how to run an animation project, the pricing for all of these sort of things is on there as well. So if you want any more information about videography or animation, please do check out our Knowledge Hub on the website or we will also link uh, below any other podcasts that link to this um yeah and thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you next time see you next time